tuned in for another week of the Live Life Aggressive Podcast. Folks, what's going on? This is Sincere Hogan. And, of course, I have my co-host on the other line, my man Mike Mahler. What's going on, brother? How are you? I'm doing good, man. And I'm really excited about our guest today, but I'm also excited to see how many good reviews have been coming in on yeah. iTunes. So I yeah. just wanted to give a quick shout-out to some people. Plant Strength Life gave us a really nice review. Let's see, Adam24, really nice review. Smith 30 Gave us a nice review recently. Let's see. Sean Green, Jay Leonard 90, and I'll say one more, 42077. So the, the reviews have been really piling up. I think we're at about 140 right now on iTunes. So let's get 150 before the year is up. So don't be yeah. shy, folks. Get on board with iTunes, Stitcher, share the show on Twitter, Facebook. Let everyone know how much you're enjoying the show because we get emails all the time privately telling us how much we like it. And that's nice, but it's way more useful if you say that publicly. And if you don't like the show, you can do that too. All right. Just, (laughs) just getting the word out there is important. In fact, if we had someone say the show really sucks, that would probably get a lot of interest on why it sucks. (laughs) We're going to go check it out. (laughs) But the show is too good for anyone to say that, which is why no one has said that. All right. It's a good show. We have great guests. We do a good job here. Also, make sure you use coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my products, anything you see on my website got stuff on there that'll help you with as our guest would say today beach teats so definitely check out that stuff i'll leave i'll leave, i'll make that a little mystery go find out what i mean by that so use that coupon code lla get 10 percent off anything at mikemahler.com and how about with your site man same thing man hop over to newwarriortraining.com use that same coupon code lla 10 percent off of any products that you find on my website as well and lots of good things coming down the pipe. Probably by the time this episode comes out, man, fully stocked up with those Sharia doors. The holiday season, man, once it kicked in, went right through those bad boys. So yeah. for those that don't know, the Sharia door is a, it's a pour-over stand for coffee, for drip coffee. So pretty much you don't have to worry about, okay, do I have to plug something in? I'm out, out and about. I'm traveling. I'm hiking. You know, I'm hunting. All this stuff is going on this time of the year for a lot of folks here in the Western world. So you can still have good coffee even when you're out and about. You don't have to be confined to trying to find an outlet to plug a coffee dripper or a machine into. So you can do this. All you need is just a fire, some hot water, some darn good coffee and coffee beans and a good grinder and Machuria door. So put it all in there. Get a good cup of coffee. And as a matter of fact, I know our guest today is a big fan of coffee. Big coffee enthusiast. So maybe hopefully we can get to touch on that as well a little bit down the line in the show today. Yeah, we have a lot of good topics to talk about with to talk to him with. And I think I'm drinking coffee right now made from the tree door. So it's a great device. I use it every morning. Makes a delicious cup of coffee. So I definitely recommend it. All right. Awesome. We have a killer guest today. He's the author of The Warrior Diet, Anti-Estrogenic Diet, several books actually. He's put out some really good fitness and nutrition information in particular. I've learned a lot about hormone optimization from this guy. He's had a huge influence on my whole nutrition philosophy. And it's really interesting to see how popular a lot of the concepts that he really brought to the fitness market years ago are taking off now. Everyone's talking about intermittent fasting now. It's the buzzword. Mm -hmm. And I've even heard people say, oh, yeah, this intermittent fasting stuff is awesome. Who were critical of this guy's information back in around (laughs) 2002, 2003? And now all of a sudden everyone's doing it. They're jumping on the bandwagon, which is generally how how any breakthrough yeah. works. Funny how that works, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So without further ado, we have Ori Hoffmeckler on the line today. Ori, how you doing? Very well. How are you, Mike? Oh, doing great. Thanks, sir. It's great to talk to you. You were one of my first interviews when I first got in the business back in 2002. 
And I, I first started playing around with your nutrition information probably around 1998. I think that's when you did an interview with Tnation.com a while back, a couple of years before your book came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still remember that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was very controversial, but it was, it was something that was so controversial you had to try it because no one was thinking on that level of going long stretches without eating. That was the total antithesis of what everyone was saying you should do small, frequent meals where you're never satisfied, you're hungry all the time, you get blood sugar drops if you miss one of those meals. And then you come along and say, hey, look, take longer stretches in between meals, eat less during the day, larger feasting at night. And I, I loved it. I still do a version of that now, yeah, right? Most of, my, most of my days I eat light during the day. Sometimes I go long periods without eating. Today's one of those examples. And then I've always been a guy who enjoys eating more at night. Um, you know what? Once you start it and you really attune to your instinct, you don't want to leave it. It's like somebody who never had sex. <laughs> if somebody has sex, why would he stop it? You know? It doesn't well, matter what people it say. It depends. It depends on who you're with. You might want it. Is it good sex or bad but, sex? <laughs> but that's a great yeah. segue, Ori. I'm glad you brought up that topic because you have a very interesting background. I mean, you have a background as an elite soldier in the military in Israel. And then you also were a fitness editor for Penthouse magazine. And I know, I know, Sincere is a big fan of Penthouse. The, the first time, I mean, uh, I read the articles, actually, man. actually, it was Pen. I mean, you you didn't. I mean, I think your first lesson on how to take care of a snatch, Sincere, was via Penthouse. Man, man, I got my best grip training from those days, man. Reading those articles, yeah, grip training. Yeah, yeah Penthouse had a lot of snatch info, but not kettlebell snatch or barbell snatch. Anyway, not that. Ori, I've got to know, how did this whole thing happen? How did you become a fitness editor for uh, an adult men ma- male magazine? <laughs> My my story, there's, there's not enough space here, but just to make it very brief, sure. I was a, I had a career as a political artist. In right. fact, I started in Europe. Then uh, I did, I used to do very, very controversial pictures. Some of them look like a photograph where I'm, I don't like politicians. I don't like politics, especially politicians. So I used to attack them personally in a visual mm. And um, apparently, um, a crisis happened because I did a cover for L'Express magazine in uh, Paris. As a result, the fire of my picture, the owner fire, the editor, 11 of the journalists, of course, I was out. There was an article about my picture in Time and Newsweek, and I decided it's time to come to America. That's how I came to America. I didn't even want to come here. Uh, I had a wonderful career in Europe. So when I came here with this kind of mind, um, the only magazine that could really benefit for this approach, extreme political visual approach, was Playboy and Penthouse. I actually started to work with Playboy. Mm-hmm. They also pay well. And then, uh, and then I moved into Penthouse, Penthouse in the 80s and Playboy, it's, it's not what it's now. Yeah. These used to be institutions. They, I don't know if you read Breakfast for Champion by Kilgore, uh, by um, Kurt Vonnegut. So 
So yeah. there's a hero there. His name is Kilgore Trout. He's a genius. I'm not saying I'm a genius, but he's a genius. And he writes all these stories, but nobody want to publish it. So mm-hmm. the only place he can publish it mm-hmm. is what he call men's sophisticated magazine. You know? Yeah. Men magazine, they need they have a lot of pictures. They need some good text. So they pay you for that. Right, right. So I probably fell into this category. And um, overall... I had, I graduated in two areas in human sciences, biology, and I have a degree in art. Hmm. So I made my career as an artist for about 20 years. I published a few books. I worked with virtually every major magazine in the world. But at a certain point, I lost my peripheral vision because of a heat um, injury in the army. And I decided to switch into another career. During, the, during this time, I started to edit the health come in Penthouse and launch a magazine. It's called Minor Mass Power. And at a certain point, in, 2000, in the year 2000, I decided to just leave all this media and sit down and write my Warrior Diet book. And from there on, here I'm now. How did the whole Warrior Diet book come into play? Did, did an editor approach you, or is it something you came up with? You decided you wanted to write a book? This is something that I follow for many years since the Army time. I realize yeah. that I function much better when I eat once a day. Right. And later on, when I did my own research, I found out, besides some kind of biological advantage to this eating cycle, that some great historian group of warrior like the Spartan, the Roman, and before that, the ancient Greeks, methodically follow a very similar feeding cycle. The reason I call it the warrior diet because these were all group of warriors, and there's a reason for that cycle. It keeps you very alert, it keeps you very very functional, and very frugal. Um, throughout the day, if you follow this cycle, it's only now that the cutting-edge new research proved the amazing benefit of that kind of intermittent fasting. Before, it was just trivial benefits like better energy, better body composition, um, in my opinion, more pleasure even from food because you gain a great sense of pleasure when yeah, you eat on no the fasting. Yeah. And almost unlimited amount. I mean, you can overeat at night a lot and still stay lean. And that's well, let's talk the, about that because yeah. you you eat a lot. Let's let's get a breakdown. Can you give us an example of what a day looks like for you, your nutrition? Well, during the day, very little. I I'm a big fan of coffee. I actually am doing it the right way. I roast the beans. Mm-hmm. I grind them every morning fresh. I use a French press to start the day. My coffee needs to be strong. I came from Israel originally. <laughs> right. Coffee is big. Even in the army, I used to go in one pocket with coffee being a little bit sugar. I used to chew it in <laughs> overnight operation. Yeah. I'm, so I like coffee very much. I drink about two cups a day. Do you put but anything? It, do you put anything in it, or you put cream in yeah, it? Yeah, right after the first cup, I'm usually I like to chew parsley, cilantro, oregano, and thyme mixed together. Mm. About a hand, 
about Hashem full fresh every morning. It does something to you that besides cleansing, it just does something to me. I believe in it. It's part of my soft new theory. But that's what I do usually after the first coffee. Um, throughout the day, very, very little. I sometimes use some whey protein after my training. And I take certain kind of herbs, which are called soft stress-activated food. These are herbs that mimic the effect of fasting and exercise on your body. If we have time, we can discuss it. It's probably going to be the biggest next new thing. Sure. What, what, are, these, what are these herbs? Mm-hmm. They, I don't know how exactly to start, but let's, let's just cut to the chase. There are certain kind of nutrients coming from stressed plants, stressed plants not domesticated plant. Their function is to protect the plant from the stress, whether it's a heat shock, cold shock, lack of fertilization, lack of food, or even lack of water. Amazingly, these nutrients that protect the plant can do the same thing and even more to animals and humans that consume them. Now they found that part of these nutrients these are called stress-activated food nutrient or soft nutrient. In biology, the nutrient, xenohormetic nutrient, hormesis is the delivering of the stress message to your body. For instance, exercise is hormetic. It gives your body the signal to adapt and improve. Such a kind of nutrient mimic the effect of exercise and fasting by giving your body the same signal to adapt and improve. In fact, they trigger the same gene as exercise and fasting. So this is something new, but why is it so exciting? Because initial studies already a couple of decades ago have shown that when you get sufficient amount of the stress-activated food and nutrient to organism, including mammals like mice, for instance, you can double the lifespan. This is incredible. Are we sitting with a new discovery that can actually triple your lifespan? And just not just doubling the lifespan, keep the reproductivity of the organism at twice the age, the reproductive aging age. That means equivalent to human. That means a man or a woman that can get laid when they're over 100 years old. It's unheard that's of. That's not a good visual. <laughs> and, well, it's the truth. <laughs> but, so I'm very intrigued with this science. Here's the issue. Virtually all these nutrients, virtually all of them, most of them, are coming from plants. Right. Our diet today <clears throat> lost these nutrients. They hardly exist. Partly because they appear in areas that we don't eat anymore. We used to, human used to eat a primary human diet, which is barks, roots, rhizomes, teats, and peels that we don't use anymore. And um, because they're not part of the diet, we don't get the benefit. What keeps us relatively older and living longer than the caveman is drugs. And the convenient, but we are not. But this doesn't mean that we are in a better shape because 
cavemen used to die young, Mike. Yeah. yeah. It is very important to understand. They die like young people. They like from injury, infection, predation, fight or flight. Sure. They do not die from aging. We have a phenomenon of a large part of the population today are dying from aging. It did not happen so much before. Yeah. So, what? Let's come back to the subject. We lost this nutrient in our food chain. My mission, and I truly believe in it, is to try to bring not just the nutrient back, the knowledge, the awareness of it. The human diet must change. It has to go now beyond intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is very important. You apply nutritional stress most of the day. You trigger exactly the same genes as exercise. And fasting, of course. By adding this nutrient, you go fine beyond that. Imagine yourself that the benefit of exercise starts to percolate in your system 24 hours a day. It's something that humans cannot even think. How, how would you get these nutrients in your diet? Well, we are sourcing, I, I was working a few years to source the one which are more important, the one that really mimics the effect of exercise and fasting. People can see much more information and science at defensenutrition.com. Okay. It's called SAFS, S-A-F, Stress Activated Food. The most notable ones are berberine. It's derived from a bark of certain trees. Um, the armocoke tree is the most notable one. Resveratrol, which you know, it is sure. a nutrient that appears in grapes. Uh, interestingly enough, the more stressed the wine tree is, the grape tree is, the better grapes and high resveratrol will be inside. Resveratrol function is actually to protect also the plant from UV radiation. But it does the same thing and more in your body. Then there is salicin, another compound alkaloid that coming from the white willow. A salicin convert into salicylic acid. That's a very major stress response compound. There is curcumin in turmeric, mm -hmm. very powerful. Mm -hmm. There are more, and now, you can find it a green tea, polyphenol. Some of them, um, epigallocatechin galat, mm -hmm. is notable to mimic the effect of exercise in your body. Um, the science is exciting. We are even doing studies at the University of Washington with Professor Matt Kimberline uh, on on researching a new kind of stuff that could be extremely important. But we don't. I don't know if you really want to go too deep into that. Here's here's. Well, well, man, one, 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 one question I have is all, yeah. of these, all of these are available right now, right? So I could, I yes. could go to a health food yes. store. I could buy any of those ingredients you just mentioned. Not What's the, really. What? That's the point. Not really. Well, that's what I want to bring up. How is, how is yeah. what you're talking about different than they what is need to be, they need, This nutrient up to now has been regarding, regarded as simply healthy nutrient that could maybe keep you, quote, healthy. Right. There was no serious science behind it. Their brain actually was used against diarrhea or infection. It's only recently that scientists are discovering the amazing properties of this nutrient. So up to now, nobody bothered to extract Yeah, insulin, insulin resistance as well, right? Glucose disposal, absolutely, insulin resistance. Absolutely. Yeah, it's some, I read one study which compared it to metformin in terms of effectiveness in glucose That's disposal very true, and Mike. insulin sensitivity. Yeah. 
that's very true. When you look at what they do, they give you the same benefit of exercise. They increase your insulin sensitivity. Yeah. They have anti-obesity, anti-diabetic, anti-inflammatory, that's the most important effect. But most importantly, they inhibit the mechanism that age your body. They delay, they help delay, they signal your body to delay reproductive aging. It is a very, very interesting phenomenon. And now, furthermore, when you combine them together, they work much better than each of them alone. But look at this phenomenon. Why, why is it that we did not, human today, or our society was not aware of that? There was some evidence to that before. Because if you really understand the concept of SAF, or hormesis, oxenohormesis, our diet, typical diet, must change, must change. It's not good enough to have this good nutrient percolating in your system. You've got to remove antihormetic nutrients out. And the three most adverse antihormetic nutrients, I listen to that, are sugar, meat, and bad saturated fat coming from lard, like mm-hmm. from animal fat. Sugar, meat, and animal fat are the worst anti-hormetic compound. Our diet today shifted from a largely vegetarian diet into a mostly carnivorous diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a result, we gave up a, a lot of benefit that the early human diet did have. So they still argue, you know, some people compare the paleo diet with the warrior diet. They say it's the same because the paleo, you know, switched to intermittent fasting in 2002. Right, right. right. Paleo seems to be, paleo is very meat heavy though, right? So it's a little very bit heavy much, much different. It's based, most paleo people I know, I mean, they, yeah. they say, oh yeah, I eat yeah. vegetables too. But most of the time it's just, it's just 90% meat. meat on a plate and that's it. Yeah, they they somehow fall to the trap of believing that human evolved to be meat eaters. But more and more evidence show that we were more gatherers than hunters. Now, do you recommend just reducing meat, or what did you eat meat in, in your diet? In my opinion, a limit. Drop the meat today. Just drop the meat. It is just an adverse. All all animal food products. It doesn't though? feat us at all. Yeah, so with fish, eggs, what, dairy, yeah, what, about what, about, what about those? Yeah, because I know, I know you're a fan of some of those foods. You can eat dairy and eggs or any kind of animal food that does not involve killing. Um, all that say, there is a research that actually shows the positive effect of eating wild catch marine food, but that by itself is a different story. Right. Meat or mammal, eating mammal, we do not fit that biology. When the end of the line of all the predators, we don't even have enzymes that convert D-protein that usually appears in a, in a kill uh, into L-protein. Other predators, like if you have dogs and cats, they do it. So look at this interesting phenomenon. Do you have, I think you have a dog, right, uh, Mike? Yes, several. <laughs> yes, okay. When you take a dog out... Didn't you see that the dog constantly like to eat grass, buck, chew buck, and sometimes even chew on the soil itself? It's like a phenomenon. 
They like to eat they're crap. Like, they like to eat crap too. So I don't know if I would trust their instincts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, don't my, know. my, my I know dogs mine, don't. My, my dogs. Mine tends to like like raw hides more, and he, or you like bully <laughs> sticks more before he actually has meat. There's oftentimes you try to give him meat, you know, he'll get over it. And he'll just like I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. But let me have a banana or something like that. He's right in my face, <laughs> and he's like, dude, come on, give me that banana. I know you're gonna share. It. He's just sniffing it. And he's going crazy for it. Even tomatoes and carrots, you know. So it's it's just funny. That's right. <laughs> what happened when you see a dog? Eating vegetables or dog going to the backyard and start to chew bark of trees. Mm-hmm. We have all old olive trees here. They chew this bitter, overripe or underripe olives, and they dig into the dirt. They are looking for stuff that show that this pet still have a predator instinct that look for stuff. So is cats. We have cats here too, and the cats like to chew grass. Why would a predator like to chew grass? They are looking for this soft nutrient. But we humans today, we lost the instinct. We're constantly craving for the cake, the cookies, the goddamn sweet stuff that screw us up completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are not craving anymore for the wild stuff, the good stuff that can make us live long and great quality of life. Well, why do you right. think that is? I think that what happened is that um, bad habit lead to loss of instincts. And I believe that as far as I know your approach live aggressively, when you look at it metaphorically or not, it means challenge yourself with a hardship. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely. The challenge itself, the stress itself is not just beneficial, is essential. That's a good way to put it, actually. I like that. Challenge yourself with the hardship. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, it it is an instinct that if you don't have it, you're done. Natural selection will cut you off. The reason why many people don't die yet is because we have all this technology to keep them alive. But if they were 10,000 years ago, natural selection will pass on them. Right. Here's what happened. All the fitness world is still based on people standing in front of the mirror, pumping muscle, then going and eating the meat to build even more muscle (laughs) and thinking that they are getting stronger. From biological point of view, this is meaningless. Meaningless. What means is your ability to survive, bring babies, healthy babies, okay, and continue a healthy species for the new generations. What happened here that men today are losing this capacity and so are women. I mean, the research is there. Why? Because many people today are losing the survival instincts. Right. They don't even crave for that. And instead of craving for real stress, they're craving for virtual stress. The instinct for stress is there. Mm. But while a hundred people would rather watch TV, a boxing fight, that's in the best case, okay, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be maybe two or three percent that would rather do it themselves in life, not yeah. real yeah, sure, right. in reality. Yeah. And that's what, quote you, what living aggressively means. It's not just, there's nothing wrong with bo- watching boxing fight. I love watching boxing fight. But guess right. what? Two steps from here, next to my office, I have a patio, I have a heavy bag, I have a speed bag, I have a moving bag. I got my gloves. At least twice a day I will go there and kick the shit out of me. 
Okay. Why? Because I need it. I need it. It's not because I say to myself that I need to do it. It's, I'm not one of the guys that go to the gym because I have to, because it's healthy, because I've been driven all my life to do that. And so is my dogs. And so is even my cat. And I believe that the same thing happened to you or anyone that has the right instinct to survive. The instinct to challenge yourself is essential. We were taught in modern society that stress is bad. Right. That stress is the culprit. That is the reason for every, an excuse for every disease, failure, depression, or everything is stress. But the truth is, stress is essential. Without stress, there is no life. Every science today show that it is stress that makes organisms live longer and in fact double the lifespan yeah. of yeah. organisms. And the lack of stress actually shorten life. I think that's. Just, I think we see yeah. that with people who retire, right? They they get to a certain age, they retire, they just kick back, and then usually they die a few years later. They're not stressing themselves in any way. They're not taking on any challenges. I, I agree that we're made to challenge ourselves, no doubt about that. I think where a lot of people fall short, though, is that their stress management abilities are so poor that they don't have the reserves. And their stress choices. And their stress choices, you know, are very poor as well. The things they choose to stress themselves over, you know, is very (laughs) poor. And and, and to kind of get to what you were saying, Ori, one thing about having stress in your life, that's the one time you really feel alive when you are being challenged. When everything is just being handed to you and it's just – there's no challenge whatsoever. I mean, you just kind of go on autopilot. You're not feeling anything. And I think that's what's really happening was with this generation now and with, with the world today, the way that our generations are now. It's just they're on autopilot. So, of course, it just seems like they're just the walking dead now. Yeah, and that's when people become really self-destructive. That's <laughs> yeah, when you, start that's making when up you stuff. Just, well, that's <laughs> when you decide, you know what? I'm going to go to the casino today and just bet <laughs> right. my life savings on roulette. Or how, I'm, <laughs> that's hey, when you start making these bad. Yeah, I, hey, I, Mike, that's stressful. Bad, yeah. That's stressful, Mike. Bad Come decisions on. <laughs> always come. Boredom, boredom never leads to good decisions, no, right? People always make I, bad decisions out of boredom. <laughs> I couldn't say it better, but you know, I hate to be technical, but there's something in biology it's called the stress response. Mm-hmm. Stress response, all organisms have it. It's evolutionary conserved over 2 billion years, perhaps before. When you look at the start of life, there was certain kind of protein that came in. Some of the most conserved protein are called heat shock protein. These are the most important stress response enforcer. So every time that you put yourself under stress, such as fasting or exercise, or as I believe you should exercise while fasting, okay? You activate your stress response in a similar way that organism, whether it's yeast or your caveman, the caveman ancestor, activated 10 or 50,000 years ago. And this protein, actually, their job is simple. Search and destroy every bad element in your body. They actually recycle out every protein protein. They seek and destroy sick and cancerous cells. They are activated by certain kind of a pathway. It's called AMPK, activated AMP, activated protein kinase. It's kind of a pathway based on an enzyme that do everything that you dream to. It accelerates fat burning. It inhibits cholesterol buildup and lipid buildup. It increases protein. Uh, it increases glucose utilization in your muscle. It signals other 
pathway like the sirtuin actually to keep you young, to rejuvenate your tissue. It inhibits mTOR from overdriving your tissue to get cancer. And if they find cancer and they activate again heat shock protein, they will kill, they detect and kill cancer cells. One of the research that we are doing is actually to produce compounds that will do it even more massively. And there is already research about it. So when you guys talk about how important stress is, nature and biology already agree with you. Absolutely. And coming back to meat eating, meat really destroys your defenses. There are compounds inside which are so pro-inflammatory, uh, not necessarily on the protein itself. It's in the meat, in the fat and in the meat. These are pro-inflammatory cytokines, like interleukin-6, for instance, or TNF-alpha, or certain kind of growth of the nuclear factor kappa-beta, which is ubiquitously associated with aging of tissues and death. All these elements accelerate inflammation, insulin resistance, they promote obesity, and they accelerate your aging. They make you age so much faster. So yes, meat is good. Maybe sometimes it tastes to some people good. I already developed a, I don't know, it just doesn't even smell good to me anymore. But some people like it. I have to respect it. But people... Now, is there, is there any delineation between, let's say, organic meat versus factory farm meat? Or is what you're discussing you know, irrespective of any of that? Yeah. Well, you know, it's two ugly girls. The question who is more ugly? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good analogy. Nice. <laughs> so both, okay, op- both options, men. both two options are men. bad. Yeah, both they options are bad. Ba- yeah, both yeah. options are bad. One's worse than the other, basically. Yeah, <laughs> two douche, two douche men. Okay, douchebags. <laughs> who is worse than the other? You know, it, it's really. Just drop it in my. You got, you got to love Ori's accent, man. Doo, doo, shush. <laughs> I remember we were talking about yeah. we were talking about some guy we don't like, and Ori's like, Mike, it's simple. He's a beach. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Which is far worse than being a beach. <laughs> oh, somebody know what uh, they need to do. <laughs> so Ori, let me ask you this, because of course you know with all of a sudden, like Mike was saying earlier, that you have some people now who. They're singing the praises of intermittent fasting who were the same ones over a decade ago arguing with you. They were saying like, OK, this is not right. Well, you know, where is this coming from? OK, it's a lot of misconceptions out there of what exactly the warrior diet. As soon as someone just misses a meal that day, they say they're on the warrior diet. So can you just kind of put it out there since you're the one who really made this popular? Explain what the warrior diet truly is. Well, the one time a day has a virtue by itself. There are so many kind of intermittent fasts. Anyone who want to come and make his mark come with a genius quote idea about intermittent fasting. Hey, some of them eat three meals a day and they still call it intermittent fasting. That means I'm fasting between the meals. <laughs> um, most, most people like the two meals a day, um, including people starter. It's just easier to follow two meals a day. So they skip breakfast, they have lunch, mm-hmm. and they still have a dinner. The way that is based on a daily eating cycle, I do believe, and I'm trying to prove it again and again, there's a reason why we are built on a 24, a few minutes more or less, um, daily cycle. There's a reason why we evolve to sleep once a day, and to be wake up for a certain period of time. And our feeding cycle must, must 
uh, accommodate our sleep and wake cycle. If it doesn't, it can screw up the whole circadian clock. So the concept of the word is very simple. Eat at night. Eat at night because that's where you're supposed to slow down. And if you have a night sheet, that's a different story. But if you're living like most people do, active during the day and sleeping at night, then eat at night. This is how we evolve to benefit most from the feeding cycle. But that's only one part. So mm-hmm. after that came a lot of intermittent fasting version. Uh, just name it. If you sit in front of a computer, a computer will give you variation of different kind of mere frequencies. So it will help you innovate another form of internet. Eat every day. Eat every other day. Eat twice a day. Eat every three days and then overeat another two days. All these kind of theories simply, in my opinion, don't work. You could, first of all, I'm trying to prove again and again that the whole idea of cheat days <laughs> is is a dietary heresy. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a big mistake when, on multiple fronts. I mean, just mentally, it's it's basically, <clears throat> okay, I'm not going to be happy Monday through Friday, but Saturday comes along and now I can eat a bunch of junk. But the real question correct. is, why Why do you even want to eat that well, junk? Well, here's that's my example. Question. My example I always point out to any client that says that. So, well, I can have a cheat. That's a look. What if your spouse had a cheat day? What if she dealt with yeah, you? Exactly. What if she dealt with you for six days, six and a half like days it. straight, and then <laughs> Saturday morning she gets to have her side piece buff, you know, little pool boy just for one day, just for one well, hour? Well, it depends on whether the three thousand mile rule is being applied. To <laughs> you know, yeah. If it's happening three thousand miles from where you live, then that that's kind of a gray area. But if it's if it's in your locality, then yeah. Okay, that sounds like one of my friends. Mike. For Mike. <laughs> See, that sounds like Here one of my friends is a vegetarian to on the road. Yeah. You can see where it's coming from. Uh Here you are in the extreme part of society, coming with your theory about live aggressively. I'm coming with a theory about the warrior approach that actually is much more Spartan than modern human today. Uh, But most people love to live in denial. They want to watch Oprah Winfrey and all these kind of people and girls that she brings there with some kind of nutritionist that went through a course. Eat in moderation, count your calories, etc., etc. And every time that you need to go into a diet, yeah, it will compensate you with the cheat days. Right. Poor right. you. Mm-hmm. Not understanding the fundamental of human. Yeah, you're you're never really satisfied either, right? I mean, when you when you have small meals all the time, yeah, you eat a small meal and then you leave that hungry, and you're like, okay, I can't wait for my next fix in two hours, and then you leave that hungry. So you're never, like you said, you're never satisfying that part of your brain, that part of your chemistry that needs that fulfillment. When you have a nice lunch, satisfy you constantly. Look, there's something which is called in plants, humans, animal. It's called a threshold time of activation of a good thing. For instance, if you want to ever prevent getting dementia or Alzheimer's or Parkinson, your brain constantly needs to be protected. There is no place to putting a 24 hours abuse on your brain. This will start to contribute to aging of your brain regardless to how many good days you have. Mike, you can have the best diet and training if I come and I stick a knife into your body in the wrong place 
one time you're dead, okay? So the cheat days is like sticking a knife. It gives the body the wrong message. It confuses the body. When you, when you activate the right pathway, stress response pathway, it builds up into a momentum that the body really transforms. The body gets a signal, I do not want to age. I'm going to repel myself. I'm going to kill all the weak elements of the sick cells and rejuvenate and build stem cells are released, growth factors are released yeah. to the brain to rejuvenate. Every time you have a cheat day, it's a setback of ages. Yeah. All these great achievements and gains are being shattered. But we live in a society, the technical biology or the science is way too much, way too sophisticated. It's much better to uh, watch the view or try and see all the simpleton talk about all these simple <laughs> theories about health. We've got to be much more sophisticated than that. But you know, I, I hate to be sound like this. And this is not something, this is something that goes beyond race or the color of the skin or everything. Look, nature still have the survival of the fetus rule out there. Yeah, we live in denial. We go to the supermarket, we see this uncle, um, Aunt Jemima, and, you know, Quaker <laughs> Oats, and all the sewer, and everybody's happy and smiling. <laughs> but out there, there's a nature which used to cut out species and even extinct, though they do not fit. Right. Um, are we becoming some of them? Are we becoming some of them? And that's a very good question, and I'm not just literally... Look at what happened to the honeybees. I mean, this is something that will give you, you know, when, when a miner go down to the mine and they take the canary with them and the canary is dead, the miner is getting, get the hell out of there, you yeah. know, because they know that something is very wrong. There's not even enough oxygen, you know. They are, it's a traditional, well, we are losing now the honeybees. It's like the canary for the miners. And the reason why, and everybody, oh, we don't know. Uh, we are searching why the honeybees are lost. I'll tell you why. They are lost because we are using so much fertilizer and pesticides to produce cheap produce to feed the cow that we eat. Yeah. That we are destroying all natural fields and all natural environment. And the honeybees were evolved over hundreds of thousands of years to go, and more than that, to go and enjoy the nectar and pollen of wildflowers. That means they used to get all this soft xenohormetic nutrient that increased the ability to resist stress, trigger stress response, increase ability, and survive. Now they don't have this nutrient because the over-fertilized, over-pesticized fields, including wild field are losing their viability. So when the plants are not stressed, they don't produce the nutrients that the bees have evolved to. And as a result, we are seeing in our phenomenon, it's called the colony collapse syndrome, where all the colony of bees are basically collapsing. Question, are you, does humanity share a similar risk? In my opinion, we do. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, big time. 
Well, I mean, we're heading in that direction on a on a rapid train because the the food supply, the way it's created now, is not sustainable whatsoever. It's not sustainable. There is no real science. We are still stuck on the RDA of macro. How much protein? How much fat? How much carb? You know, people tend to eat animal protein because they think it's more protein. Did you see all this fitness magazine, muscle magazine? Oh, that takes much more protein. Let me tell you, the whole science of protein is now reaching totally different element. What protein really are essential and what protein and what signal do they give your body? And in fact, one evidence is coming clear. Vegetarian protein do not age you the way meat protein do. And that's already an evidence. I put it on my website. There are studies that are showing it clearly that animal protein, especially the way that we process it now. Do you, do you think that vegetarian protein is, is, is lower in certain proteins and that's a benefit? I mean, certain amino acids and that's actually a benefit? It's a huge advantage. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge, it doesn't overpump your mTOR. We never evolved human to overpump mTOR this way with sugar and meat. We never evolved to do that. And as a result, yeah, people can do whatever they want to build muscle, but at the same time, they don't know that their body is aging. Well, you know, Mike, we can talk about a lot of things. I really think that mainstream fitness must change. Concept like carb loading, for instance. Yeah, That's one of the most adverse things you can do to your body. Right, right. They would say, you, you know, glycogen, glycogen loading, I'm going to burn it. Yeah, you're doing the right thing, you're burning it. But step by step, you are going to destroy your insulin by doing it if you keep doing it routinely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you're over, overtraining insulin receptors, just like overtraining your body, right? You correct. work out too much, start, now it's counterproductive. You're right. eating too much carbohydrate, eating too much in general. Now you're burning out all the hormones that keep you healthy. Those receptors shut off and insulin resistance kicks in. And when insulin resistance kicks in, the next step, you're going to lose your testosterone. Yeah. And you're going to lose other hormones too because without insulin sensitivity, testosterone cannot function. Yeah. It's basically not viable. So, it, and it's not just for men, for women too, actually. We suffer from a society, I don't even do the epidemics of obesity. Listen, obesity is a terrible disease. It's nature's way of telling you it doesn't matter how much money you make and what you think, how big you are, I'm going to make you look ridiculous for the way that you are eating and behaving. Mm -hmm. And there is no way around it. I hate to sound like this, but this is the truth. Obesity can surpass any kind of knowledge. I saw doctors, professors, people with a lot of knowledge and a lot of money becoming obese. And, and that's something that is unnecessary and can be eradicated. In fact, in my opinion, I believe that cancer can be eradicated. There's a lot of exciting research. I don't want to repeat myself, but people need to understand, look, I've got to sit down. I've got to read more. I've got to see what can I do in order to create my priorities right. What actually do I want here? Is it that I just want to be fit as other people define fitness, 
or do I want to be biologically fit? That means better fit to survive, lean, mean, functional, intelligent, hey, genius, why not? Right. You know, what do I want to be out of myself? That is the key question. And how long do I want to be here? How long do I want to live? Do I really want to live long? And if I do, what can I do? Well, let's let's bring that to what your diet philosophies, because how does the warrior diet help someone who has had fat loss challenges for a long time? They've tried a lot of diets. They're not losing weight. How does the warrior diet help that? The warrior diet trigger these fat burning pathways. I just mentioned the key one is AMPK, but there are others, CO2-in, there is um, NRF2. I mean, these are all pathways that switch your body from storage into burning. That's only on the fat loss area. They're also anti-inflammatory. They delay your aging. They're doing multiply benefit. But one of the most notable one is the efficiency upon which the body burns fat. In fact, the body switch into fat burning, into uh, oxidation of fatty acid rather than storing it. So the warrior diet, I think, was the first diet that forced your body to get these hormones and pathways dominating your metabolism for most of the day. From the time that you wake up until the, your evening meal, your body switch into this survival mode simply by minimizing eating. Nothing, either water, just minimum, fruits like logosim, like berries, sometimes small amount of whey proteins, which basically is complementary. Uh, you can have coffee, you can have tea. These are all soft, stress-activated food, by the way. Um, and you basically literally, virtually fasting until the evening. That by itself has a value that did not exist before. Then when you're coming to eat at night, and I'm trying to be simple, your glycogen reserves are empty. Yeah. In fact, you already exercise during the day. I rather recommend people to exercise during the day and not at night. So I like to do it early in the morning. It's really like a kick to the system, Mike. You know, boom. Some people don't like it. I understand. But after the exercise, if you exercise intensely, short and intense while fasting, you deplete your glycogen completely on the muscle. At this point, your body cannot gain fat. I repeat, your body cannot get fat even when you eat. There is something which is called glycogen reloading priority. So you guys, when you, when you exercise intensely while fasting and you deplete your glycogen, when you eat at night, the first priority of the body besides nourishing the starving muscle and the brain and the tissue is using every fuel for you to replenish glycogen, not for fat gain. You're really in a different kind of mode. Um, and by the time that you utilize all the nutrients that you eat and replenish it if you eat right, you reach the morning again to a new cycle when you put this stress again on your body, but it's a positive stress that we inherently evolved to thrive under. Right. That is the premise of the warrior diet. 
a. I mean, you're you're giving yourself a chance to go to stored body fat all day long, right? When people are constantly eating all day long, they're just relying on what's coming in. They're they're not being efficient and going to that stored energy, releasing it. It's even more. You said it's very true, but let me be a bit technical. There's a very interesting phenomenon that nobody likes to talk. Maybe because it's too technical, but it's a critical element. Mm -hmm. Look. When you activate, when you exercise, such as you saw, exercise while fasting, okay, or when you eat soft nutrients like berberine, you activate these pathways that do something beyond just burning fat. They activate certain kind of genes, which are called PPAR alpha, rather than PPAR gamma. Now, what are PPAR? A peroxidone proliferoactivated receptor gamma or alpha. These are transcription cofactors that dictate what kind of fat cells are you going to build or are you going to have. Yeah. If the, it's the PPR gamma, these are large, heavy, slow to release fat cells, stubborn fat, really associated with inflammatory cytokines and disease. These are, unfortunately, the primary fat tissues, the primary genes responsible for the kind of fat tissues that most people carry today. So when a person, a man or a woman, uh, faces phenomena of a stubborn fat, usually it's when the gene PPAR gamma are dominating. When you exercise while fighting or follow the warrior diet or take the soft nutrient, you are switching into the PPAR alpha. And this one do the opposite. They change the composition of your fat cells to carry smaller, much more biologically active cells that actually produce more anti-inflammatory adipokines, like adipokinin, you know, adiponectin, and they are much easier to burn. So it's not even how, when you look outside on people, it's not even how lean or how fat they are, what kind of tissue do they carry. If you follow the right feeding cycle that grant 18 or 10 or even 16 hours or 12 hours of fasting stress on your body, when this fat, burning hormones and pathways circulating in your system, you're going to change your body composition. You're going to change the composition of your fat cells. You are not going to be just leaner and easier to burn fat. You're going to live longer. Yeah, I find it interesting. And th- oh, oh, go, yeah. ahead. go ahead, Ori. Go ahead. That's one of the advantages. And it doesn't have to be just the way that to say just the shit out of yourself. Don't let yourself off the hooks. Come to calories, it's just not enough. You know, recently, there was a research done, of course, you never reach mainstream, on extreme fasting, very similar to the warrior diet, like extreme people, total water fasting and hardship and exercise. Actually, it was done on mice. It's easier to control them. And what they found that what they call extreme fasting yield much more longevity benefits than moderate fasting. 
And, and that's something that really, when I look deeply into this recent research, the key element was the glycogen emptying. Look, what we were taught that energy is what keeps life. Energy, we need to load the energy. And what gives you an energy business today is multi-billion dollar industry yeah. of energy products mm-hmm. that show stimulant <laughs> and sugar to your system. Energy, right. we need energy to live. <laughs> Guess what? Biologically, the opposite is the truth. It's the depletion of energy. It's energy deficiency, energy deficit that trigger your stress response and make you strive, not the energy loading. It's exactly the opposite. Now, Mike, when, when you look at this, this by itself can totally shatter modern food industry. Totally. Because virtually every cereal and snack and everything is into loading your body with energy. Every sport nutrition drink is about energy loading. Yeah. Everything is about loading and loading, whether you call it this or not. Well, it's kind of a laughable concept, too, in the sense that a lot of times people will do a hard workout, right? And then this is someone who's really overweight. And then immediately after that workout, they have this post-workout shake loaded with 60 grams of sugar. Yes. And, 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 and this is someone – you didn't even burn 60 grams of sugar during that workout. But that point aside, you have enough stored body fat to <laughs> give you everything you need to recover from that workout in terms of – Energy, as Correct. you said. So why do you why do you why do you need to load yourself up with more energy when you already have excess energy? Well, on top of that, Mike, because they're also it's so easy to that believe the people who brainwash you to buy the product. It's also good. It's just it, it's so it's so easy just to show in something. You know, it's much harder to release energy and deplete energy than load energy. But coming again, if you have the instinct for hardship. If you know the benefit that it gives you, you know, um, some of these... Well, I think the problem is everyone wants to avoid hardship, right? That's why motivational seminars are so successful because people want to go to these things and find some secret to avoid having to work hard to achieve what they want. Because they found cheap substitute, but you know, the nature compensates you for the hardship with amazing sense of pleasure. Yeah. Uh, for instance, yeah. the endorphin high that you get from intense exercise, there's no substitute. In fact, you can become addictive. Interestingly enough, you know, I don't know if you're aware, you know that alcohol in small amount cause stress response the same like exercise and very similar benefits. Mm. Like a lot of people would be happy to hear. How, how small are we talking? <laughs> Someone's taking a, sh- someone's taking a shot right now. One step? <laughs> yeah. Alcohol with no sugar, a shot of vodka, or a small glass of red wine will give you xenohormonic benefit by simply doing something that exercise do to you or unsaturated fat too. They increase the fluidity of your cell membrane. You, they make your brain vibrate differently. And of course, it gives you a great sense of pleasure as membrane domain becoming more fluid you're becoming much more sensitive to endorphin. You can really get a high, you know. But when you overdo things, um, all that said that all that said, there are two kinds of stress. The stress that we evolved to benefit is always intermittent. 
intermittent fasting, intermittent exercise, it's interval of applied stress. Chronic stress can do the opposite. It can shatter your defenses. In fact, it can make your body give up. And interestingly enough, it's the sedentarism, the stresslessness that causes chronic stress in, on all organisms. Yeah. So if you, if you get addicted to alcohol and start binge drinking, obviously it can shatter your life. And the same thing with exercise. If the endorphin high become addictive and a subject by itself, and you d- decided to obsessively, let's say, run 20 miles a day. Well, that, just, that happens to a lot of people in our community, right? right? Because they're, they're not happy in most areas of their life except the high they get from training. And now that becomes the new drug. They're working it, out it three times a, a day. They got five gym memberships. Your yeah, whole day revolves around. It's just glorified distractions. Yeah, you know, exactly. Because, because once they finish working out, spending what I work out two hours in the gym every day. Why? <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, like exactly. what are you running from? What is it? What that happens outside the gym that keeps you in that gym in the first place? Because honestly, I don't want to be in the gym for two hours, smelling yeah, exactly. feet and socks and everything for that yeah, amount you know, of why, time. Why? Why do you need to be in there for that long? What are you doing there? That you're. At? I couldn't last two hours doing my workouts if I wanted to because they're no, exactly. hard. Exactly. So why, why would I, if you're even yeah. there for two hours, you're not being productive. It reminds me of this interview I read with Michael Chiklis, the guy who played the lead in The Shield, Yo. right? Yeah. So he played Vic Mackey. And then I remember reading an interview with him where he talked about how he got in shape for the role. And he said, look, I worked out four hours a day every day to get in shape. He didn't look that. He didn't I'm look like, very nah. good in The Shield. He wasn't <laughs> even remotely lean or anything in The Shield, right? He was still pretty pudgy. I go, so assuming that's true, which I don't believe. <laughs> your results don't exactly speak volumes of the benefits of that strategy. Look, dude, the only know? time, the only time his body looked like it was in a gym for four hours is when he was in Fantastic Four, but that was CGI. Exactly, that, that wasn't him. <laughs> okay, it's very interesting because you know when you look at the research on it's the statistics on long distance running yeah. runners, mm-hmm. they have a very short life. Yeah, absolutely. They don't yeah, live yeah. long. They don't age well. They don't live long. They suffer no. from infection disease. They can even heart die for heart attack. Yeah, it's not remotely healthy. That's got to be the most disheartening part of that is you're putting in all of that work, and now you're less healthy. (laughs) Yeah, what is the point? So (laughs) uh, we need to understand the balance of things, but you know, um, you can see from predators, I don't know if you ever watch cheetahs, for instance, or even Mm -hmm. lions when Mm -hmm. they hunt. These are short sprinters. They're not built for long jogging, you know? Right. Yeah. And uh, these cats really know where to stop in order not to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. A, a cheetah can accelerate to amazing speed, but when she feels that, uh, let's say, the gazelle um, can still escape or have a good chance, she will stop down for another, you know, wait for another chance. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, because because predators or wild animals, they have survival instinct, and most people today they don't, yeah. they don't, they don't, they lose the instinct to live. Well, the beauty of being they a just, yeah yeah. The beauty of being a, a wild animal is that you don't have to watch Dr. Oz and listen to his conflicting information and confusing you. <laughs> Those animals can be instinctual and realize, like, you know what? Gazelle, today you win. Tomorrow, maybe not so much. Whereas we're like, okay, what's the next best thing? Okay, I'm chasing the gazelle. Well, should I chase a cheetah now? Should I do this now? What did Dr. Oz yeah. say? What did Dr. Oz say? What did Oprah say? You know, that's the problem with us. We've lost our instinct. We're too busy needing someone to tell us what to do. 
instead of just listening to ourselves. And a lot of that information has nothing to do with us. And so and that's the reason why so many people are just out of shape and they're unhealthy because they're no longer they're not focused on their health. They're focused on I'm focused on Mike's health. So I'm going I'm to do the Mike diet because I mean, look at Mike. It should work for me, too. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't think people even have instincts anymore. It's no, <laughs> it's the larger issue, because if. When I tell people I eat instinctually, meaning if I'm hungry, I oh, eat. If man. I'm not hungry, I go. The Scooby Doo look. The Scooby Doo. Yeah, well, the average <laughs> person doesn't have. They don't have the ability to do that because exactly. they 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 don't. Ha- they're hungry all the time because mm-hmm. they don't have those instinctual drives anymore. So if you right. leave it up to them, hey, just eat when you're hungry. <laughs> the average person <laughs> is going to be eating yeah. all day long. You know? so, so yeah. We said eat when you're hungry, not when you're starving. We know you're starving <laughs> for nutrients, so that doesn't mean go eat. That means just eat better food. You know, yeah, the, the real question is why are you hungry all <laughs> exactly. the time? Exactly. I mean, if I have a good meal, I'm not thinking about eating for a long time. That's <laughs> exactly. going to sustain me for a long period of time. <laughs> because all the hunger and satiety hormone are screwed up with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are, basically, they are programmed to be hungry all the time. Right. I'm very curious about you. Mike, when you switched to veganism, uh-huh. um, was it easier for you or did it go through stages? Did you do it cold turkey? How did it, it, it was? It was difficult just because there really wasn't that much information at the time. So I was just basically figuring it out on my own as I went along. This is back when I was 20, 20 actually, and I'm 41 now. So this is back in 1994 that I started going in that direction. So there was a lot of stop and go. I would try it for a while. I didn't feel that good. And then I would add dairy and eggs back in. Then I would try it again, try to add, add it back in. It wasn't until I got the right nutrients in my diet good variety of legumes nuts and seeds move towards low glycemic fruits and vegetables etc then i started feeling really good then it was then it was easy to sustain once i got it down so it it took a little experimenting are you feeling that after years of are you getting better with this like you know your i mean now now it now it's second nature for me i mean at this point it's easy you know, I've been doing it for a long time, I, I, so I know exactly what my body works well with. Good amount of healthy fats in my diet. I, I tend to do better with fat, more fat fuel. So a lot of nuts and seeds, using coconut oil to cook with, olive oil and salads, right? And, and not overdoing carbohydrates because if I, I like, I mean, I have a good amount of carbohydrates in my diet, but if I go too far with it, it'll affect my mood. Right, right, right. You know, it's a total different system. I, I agree with you. I think that uh, nuts and seeds um, are more primal part of the early human diet, and we evolved to benefit from them much better. They're also more nutrient-dense. I think it takes time, though, to for your body to learn how to metabolize vegetarian food very efficiently if you've been eating meat for a long time. So that's the other thing is that that's why I often recommend a gradual approach when people decide they want to cut out animal proteins. I go, don't just try to cut out everything today and go completely cold turkey. Just cut out a few things and then gradually go in that direction. Some people criticize me for that. They go, well, just just recommend people go 100%. I go, yeah, but they're more likely to sustain it for a longer period of time if they do it gradually. So in the short run, it's gradual. But once you figure out, once you have everything dialed in, you feel great. You're not going to do that whole back and forth like I did when I first started going down this road. I have a better solution. I shove in your meat and chicken, like keep shoving like 10 pounds a day through your mouth until it will come out of your ears and you can't take the smell of this shit anymore. <laughs> well, that's one that's option. That's the best way to quit it. <laughs> 
And all the media is like, yeah, that's my approach. That's what I'm talking about, Ori. Like, no, dude, that's not what he means. If you go to if you go to a factory farm every day, uh, you're not going to want to eat meat. <laughs> no, right not now. exactly. It's like go to a factory yeah. farm and eat your steak there. But yeah, make that are, make the know. connection with that food that you're shoving down your pie hole, you know, and not have this disconnect where you you know someone else is doing the dirty work for you. You're like, oh yeah, man, you know, I love my bacon. I love my bacon. Okay, actually go out and slaughter a pig, you know, and actually watch it happen, and then. Get back to me. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> then get back yeah. to me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, they should go to a butcher, a big oh, yeah. area that sell this, this Hispanic area here. I think it's called Vallota. They are selling. You get to this place. It's all raw meat hanging everywhere. And just taking they that smell. <laughs> yeah. The smell, it just, I don't know how people can manage to eat that <laughs> stuff after that. It's absolutely horrendous. Yeah, the so, key the key is they avoid all of that. So exactly. you're completely like sincere said. You're you're very far removed from that whole process. You're you're seeing an end product in a grocery store. Exactly. You you don't know. I mean, I myself I cannot even watch slaughtering. It just beyond. I I really like animal love animal actually too much, and uh, the humane issue is a main issue. Nothing is resolved yet. Um, a cow is a very intelligent animal, and so is a goat. And uh, it's a very interesting phenomenon when I know some meat pit uh, eaters that because of the kids, they have pets, turkeys, and goats and stuff. They were never there to eat them right? because right, right. it's gone on the backyard, but they have no problem. And a pig, look, pig is a very intelligent animal. In fact, these little pig, piglets are very cute. I mean, how can you possibly eat that stuff? So the, these are just raising a lot of questions, but on the global thing, the meat industry and the chemical industry go hand in hand. Yeah. There's no way to feed this livestock. Well, I just don't think it's sustainable at all. I mean, what, how, how it's produced no. right now, it, there's, there's no way that's sustainable. It's not sustainable. It damages everything, the, the, the whole the whole environment, it damages other species, it takes away vital agricultural means from plant growers and small family farms, it just takes away every resources on something that doesn't benefit us anymore. Right. And right. Some paleo people say that we evolve for meat and wild games, and then I saw in 20 minutes another stupid scene about people, oh, we don't like the cruelty of factory farm or meat so we're gonna go and hunt and kill it ourselves and eat what we kill well, I mean, but, like but I mean even even if they do that they're not doing that for every meal right I mean the average person the average person not, not, if they live in, not if they live in the city okay yeah if you live in Montana or something maybe <laughs> then, yeah but, the, but if you're living the in the heart person. of Houston Texas then I'm not believing you do it's not it's 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 a novelty at that point yeah that's something that's done in addition <laughs> well, I'll tell you I'll tell you what if remind me sorry for the example I don't know I'm basically I'm very angry it's like somebody who Say, I'm not going to go to whorehouses anymore. I'm going <laughs> to out there in the street and I'll try to hunt myself a woman who is, you know, it is just wrong. It's wrong everywhere. And um, the fact that the feature then, the fact, you know, hunting is huge in this country. Um, I think at a certain point, 
some people may start to listen, that it's go far beyond, not just the whole economy and global warming and everything. It's it's coming to your own backyard, and this is a really a warning. You don't benefit at all beside the cruelty issue. You don't benefit at all by by eating from eating mammals. Definitely not today. Um, eating fish is a different story. I, I don't want to come to it now. The whole story is you're not eating fish, are you, Mike? No, no, I haven't eaten fish, eggs, or dairy for a long time. Wow, that's I have to admire that. I have to admire that. Are you craving some time for animal food? No, no, I haven't. You know, I was never a big meat eater anyway, even before I became a vegetarian. My mother's a lifelong vegetarian, so I had her as an example. I was never really someone who craved meat at every meal. In fact, a lot of times I skipped it. So it wasn't when I when I learned about the whole concept, it wasn't really something that was so alien to me. I actually what about actually, dairy? What about dairy? You dairy, I never dairy, I never cared for. I never liked milk as a kid. Never really, really liked yogurt that much. No, no. I, I, in fact, I always hated it. I always hated that part of the meal. You know, it's <laughs> like let me get this over with quickly. So that that was it. I I I kept dairy in just because I felt like I needed to, as a fitness person back then. Just for, right. for what I thought, what I thought I needed, whatever the constituents that were in some animal proteins, I felt I needed at that time, just because I was influenced by others. But once I transitioned all that stuff out for a long, like now I don't crave any of that stuff at all, not at all. If anything, it's more of a, it's more of the opposite. Like the smell of meat is is not, is it's a deterrence to me. It doesn't it doesn't make me crave that. If anything, it makes me not want to be around it. Interesting, interesting. Well. I guess everybody is different. I mean, I, I came from a place that dairy is great. <laughs> it's called the land of milk and honey, so right. dairy is really good. No, in Indian culture, dairy is a huge part of the diet. It is, yeah. and some of the greatest dairy ever is coming from India, basically. Yeah. yeah. So, but everybody is different. I mean, you need to listen to your body. There's no question about it. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I don't try to tell people what exactly is going to be the optimal diet for them. You know, I know what works well for me. Like Sincere said, you have to figure out what works well for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, guys, I think, uh, I think we already crossed the hour here. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're good. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, listen, it was really a pleasure. I apologize for my examples. But they were coming, I guess, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Oh, they're all- oh no. Speak freely on the show. Where can, where can people find out more about all, all the interesting things you have going on? Um, go to defensenutrition.com and look at the – we, Mike, on the, la- on the past few years, we, I, I put myself on a mission. I put my company on a mission. We want to conquer the bottom of the junk food chain. We want to create stuff that is as good, but not less unhealthy, but rather perfectly healthy. Mm. So we innovate now a new protein bar, soon some vegan products too. We don't use any amount, never use sugar, sugar alcohol, artificial sweetener, fructose, wheat, flour or any kind of refined flour. These are products that look sometimes like regular product, but
but they are completely different. They give your body a completely different message. I do believe that sometimes creating product that tastes good, very nourishing, with good protein, very low glycemic, um, I do believe will help people get rid of the junk because a lot of there are a lot of diets out there, a lot of theories, but very few good solutions. Sure. So we are dedicated to innovate new stuff. You're going to find we just came with new bars, which are very tasty. Uh, we came before with chocolate that looks like a regular chocolate bar. They're not regular at all. They have no sugar at all, though. They taste very good. And I'm almost on the 11th hour of coming with the biggest mission. I've been working years to produce a sugar substitute. It looks like sugar, functions like sugar. It's 100% fiber. Hmm. And I'll be happy to send you some sample. You can enjoy, you can do it. absolutely look the same. Oh, very but interesting. It's very, it's a healthy fiber with a lot of properties. It's soon going to be on my website. We even created a honey substitute. Mike, for the layman, they won't even know the difference. Hmm. So with this in mind, I think it can bring revolution to the way people prepare food or look at food. And um, eh, that's what we do now. We, you can find a lot of information at defensenutrition.com. Um, and um, join our social media. You can find all the links from there. Uh, let us see what you think and definitely interested in your opinion. Sounds great. Well, hey, thanks a lot for coming on. Always a wealth of knowledge. Love to have you come back down the road when you have some free time and talk about some more interesting things. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I enjoyed the conversation. Thanks, thanks again, Ori. Appreciate it. Thank you guys. You have a great Goodbye. day. Take care. You too. Bye. Goodbye. And that, again, is our friend Ori Hoffmeckler. Check out The Warrior Diet, Maximum Muscle, Minimum Fat. That's my favorite book by Ori. That's more technical than the others, but really interesting. Anti-estrogenic diet, and then Unlock Your Muscle Gene is also really interesting. He gets into some exercise science in there as well. All around, really interesting guy. He always, he always provokes thought. Whether you agree with Ori or not, he always gives you something to think about. And that's that's an important thing right there. So check out defensenutrition.com, warriordiet.com, and then follow him on Twitter. Check out his Facebook page. We'll, we'll include all that stuff in the notes. Yep. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up. Oh, just make sure you hop by both of our websites before you head out, though, before you shut down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so make sure you hop by mikemuller.com and also newwarriortraining.com. Use that coupon code LLA. You can get 10% off of all of our products on both websites. And also, you can hop over to iTunes and Stitcher. Be sure to leave a review Rate us, subscribe to us, share us, let people know about the show so we can continue to bring great quality guests just like we had Ori here. You know, we want to get the word out there and, and really share a platform with people so they can actually, yeah, you might hear guys like Ori on different shows, but you won't necessarily hear the things that we talk about because we try, we set out to do that with all of our guests is to yeah. actually let you guys actually see who these guests really are and get to know them, not just necessarily just who they are, their products or their brand or something like that. Get right. to know the person in general. So it feels very personal. Again, yeah. it's like a conversation. So now 
right now, you may have heard or in other conversations on other shows or things like that. But today you felt like you were sitting down and having that shot of alcohol that he was talking about that was like, you know, getting you going there, you know, and just listen to this guy share his stories in the beginning and also just what led him to where he is now and then just where he's going next with his with his company. So, again, it's kind of like, OK, cool. It's like you just you were just sitting at a bar with Ori Hoffmeckler. But, you know, you're at the bar called the LLA podcast. You know, we're glad you came. So let everybody else know about it so we can keep the business going. All right. So. All right, folks, let's go wrap it up for this week, and we'll see you guys next time. Take care. Take care, everyone.